but I remember that I said to myself, the day I can, I'm gonna do for others what Steve did for me. The day that I have enough margin in my life and I have enough money to take care of my family, I'm gonna step into a role where I get to help people like he helped me. Hello everybody, David Donaldson here. I am here with Drew Swirsky, team leader down in our Kingstown Market Center. Uh, we are without Joe Martin today. We wanna to give a shout out to Joe and his wife, Kate, and his newborn son, Thomas. So kudos and congratulations to the Martin family, uh, growing uh, one more agent to the business at a time out there. Uh, and we miss them today, but uh, we're very happy for them at the same time. Uh, I'm excited to have uh, Drew Swirsky here with me. Drew is somebody I've known for, gosh, going on about seven years now uh, since I started uh, working in uh, the KW United Market Center uh, in Falls Church. Uh, and Drew was a, an associate building his business, uh, worked his way up to an amazing PC coach, um, training and pouring into agents. And his story is, is amazing to say they so without telling the whole story myself so we will allow ourselves to hear it from drew drew welcome to entrepreneurial impact oh david man thank you for having me i'm excited i've watched all the episodes uh, i love it super excited uh glad uh for joe wish he was here i love joe too he's a good guy uh congratulations to him and uh his wife for that beautiful bundle of joy i saw the picture handsome fella handsome little fella exactly yeah. right Exactly right. Well, Drew, like, like everything, there, there's a backstory to everything, right? And in the show, Entrepreneurial Picked is, isn't just about what we do and, and how, but we want to understand the why and the who in your world that was impactful to you, that leads you to do some of the, the monstrous things that you're doing in your world and impacting others. So why don't we just kind of back it up a little bit? Won't you give me a little bit of flavor about Drew Swirsky and where Drew came from and where all this passion rose from within you? Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, my dad is, was a judge, circuit court judge uh, for the city of Alexandria. I went to T.C. Williams High School. Remember the Titans? Uh, Coach Herman Boone, the guy that Denzel played in the movie, was my gym teacher and my driver's ed instructor. Wait, you did driver's ed from yeah. Herman Boone? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Uh, he's not. He's, he's definitely a lot meaner than the Denzel character, too, <laughs> <laughs> if you could believe that. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I started a, a family at a young age, and that sort of became my why. Uh, full disclosure, my oldest son came to my high school graduation to cheer me on. And it was sort of at that point that I knew that I had more than most people my age in the regards to the why and the reasons to do better. Didn't always turn out that way. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, the more I talk to people, and, and there, there's a lot of that, right? You know, we've had some other stories from other people and my personally, right? I, I was almost there for my mother's graduation, right? So when I look at, and, and we talk about passion and the why being children, and I think a lot of people was kind of like, well, I do it for my kids. That's different, right? Yes, we do think for our kids because we have to lead and we raise, and we, but when kids are impacting you when you're a child, that's different. Uh, agreed. And one of the things that um, I always told myself was for my son, I was going to be who I needed when I was his age. Forever. Right. Be, be who you needed yeah. at the time. And so I wanted to set an example. So that started me on my path uh, sort of to 
getting better than I probably would have been if I didn't have him at that age. Well, it's amazing what we're given, what we need at the right time, whether we realize it or not, right? 100%. And I got into the restaurant business, you know, that drill. Um, because I could, I could get him successful people in the, in the real estate should come from restaurants. Amen, Amen. So I could get him to school in the morning, pick him up, then go in work dinner, right? Get home, make sure he was in bed, repeat. Yeah. And I was bartending and this guy comes in and he's like, I'm selling him stuff. And he's like, man, you, you have a silver tongue. I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what he meant. I thought he was getting weird with me. Right. <laughs> and he says, Hey, I want you to come up to my office. Here's my card. And so I take his card and, and I go to his office and he interviews me for a job at Pitney Bowes in the mailing division as a salesperson. I didn't even own a suit. Yeah. Yeah. And he hired me on the spot. And that's, 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 that's yeah. a tough racket. Yeah. Right? And Pitney so I won rookie of the year doing that believe it or not man i won rookie of the year at pitney bows and I, I made some good money and i was like okay sales is for me and then that sort of started the 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 career in my 20s there okay. so there's a transition that takes place but fundamentally you've got experience working with people you've got your wife which is your family and your child you're getting exposure to people you've obviously made an impression on this gentleman said hey here's somebody that we now know that we are always looking for talent, right? right? And honestly, in that type of an environment, whether it's copiers, which I also did for a while, right? But Pitney Booze and Mountains, that's that's a hard, hard business to come up. So to have success in that arena at an early age is, is pretty, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I just talked to everybody. It's amazing when you don't have those internal, those internal limitations of belief or lack thereof, and you just do. It's amazing that like when you hear like activities equal results, like I've been doing that since my 20s, right? Just the activity, just talking half the time. I had no idea what I was talking about. I would take good notes, take it back to my boss and he would say, give him this machine and then we would go forward. <laughs> All right, well, well enough. All right, so we're penny bows. We're having good success. Now I know that that's a good limit too. Like, I mean, it's a good business to be in. There's a change there, though, that goes from, from equipment manufacturing to real estate. Where did that come? How did that come about for you? So it's funny because I left Pitney Bowes and I went to this transportation company that will remain nameless in, in Arlington, Virginia. Okay. And I worked there for six years and I uh, met my wife while I was working there. And uh, I started to put pictures of her and her kids and my kids up. And I had a lot of people around me like using the N-word and racist, even the owner and the manager. And, you know, I begged them to stop for years. I tried to put more pictures up and it was a nasty environment, man. But I had just gotten married. And uh, if I rewind, my wife was my realtor. That's how I found her. I was renovating my house and she worked for my mentor still, Steve Gaskins. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, she was. She, she found me a rental so I could renovate my house. And listen, straight up, I would have rented a doghouse from this woman. <laughs> I was so busy checking her out. I don't even remember if I signed the lease or not, right? So, <laughs> I, and, and so we get married a year later and, and she decides she wants to be a teacher. So I'm our only source of income at this transportation place that's full of racist people. Like, terrible. And so 
uh, she says, get your license. I meet, I meet with Steve Gaskins. He says, I would love to have you go get your license. So I take the class. I had, I had my license about six months when uh, a gentleman comes down the hallway and he uses the N-word directed right toward me. And I had had enough. So I stood up, pushed my chair out, and I walked over to him and I said, listen, I've got pictures of my family, pictures of my wife here. I've asked you to stop. This is going to be the last time. Now, one day before that, I had gotten an award for increasing revenue in my division, 85%. I'll never forget this. It was the 4th of July. I got back from the 4th of July weekend. All my stuff on my desk was in a box, and I was fired for poor performance. Now, I walked into Steve Gaskin's office with a not, not a, a, a sad tear, one of those angry tears. Yeah. I had my box in the car and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. We were living paycheck to paycheck before. And I, I watched him help everybody. And I expected him to help me like, like he helped everyone else. And he looked at me and said, I've got a class coming up. I need you to take this class. And I said, Steve, I got to go find a job. He said, take this class. And if you don't sell a house, or, or close some deals in the next three months, I'll either give you a job or I'll find you a job. And I said, I watch this man write checks to people and pay for it. And I said, I don't have the money to take this class, hoping he would give me the money. And he said, go find him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I watch you take care of everybody. And he's like, go find it. So I go find the money. Four weeks later, I had four houses under contract for almost three million in business in one month. And back then that was good. Right. And so, I'm good. Sitting, yeah. So I'm sitting at that fourth settlement and I couldn't tell you what my commission was or what the, it said on the HUD one back then. But I remember that I said to myself, the day I can, I'm going to do for others what Steve did for me. The day that I have enough margin in my life, and I have enough money to take care of my family, I'm gonna step into a role where I get to help people like he helped me. And that's what led us here today. So this was, so what, so what year was this? This was 2010. Okay. When I first started that, that, and he got me on the road to that. Then we moved to, uh, from our other black and yellow brokerage, we moved to our red and white brokerage, right? Which is KW, Falls Church. Uh, I was given the opportunity to become a mentor to agents, thrived in that department. The Kingstown position for a PC opened up. I came over here and took the PC role, built that program from three agents to 60. Well, let, let, let's just pause there for a second, because that's kind of where I got to know you a little bit. Right. right? I, right. Came, I came in, I started getting involved. Again, Steve, right? there's a lot of commonalities. And I think if we pulled the 4,000 licensed realtors uh, in in 4,000, the 14,000 licensed realtors in Northern Virginia, I think Steve would probably have an impact on an incredibly large percentage of those Huge. people. Huge. Right. So he, you know, you and I had that in common with a lot of other people. But when I first got exposed to Drew Swirsky, right, there's this fun guy, you know, serious, intense guy, but working inside of a program, a PC program, right, but pouring into others. And that's kind of a, something that stood out to me. Talk a little bit about that, your first experience of actually now actually being the mentor and pouring into others. So one of the things that I decided to do that was I wasn't going to let people make the mistakes I made. 
right? Not selling a home that first year as a dual career agent, doing 13 rentals, no sales. It, it punished my confidence. It punished my ability to really think that I was a good real estate agent. So I wasn't going to let anybody make those mistakes or make excuses. And so I think what like the people say, oh, Drew's mean or, or he's really, really rough. I just don't want people to make those mistakes, right? You put a lot of time and effort into getting your license. You spent some money on you joining the association. You may need a swift kick in the pants every once in a while, right? And so I was the one to give them out. I gave out kicks in the pants whenever somebody needed it. Still do. Right. And I hope someone would kick me in the pants when I need it. I'll kick you whenever you need it. That's all good. I know. Treat people how you want to be treated. <laughs> <laughs> but so from there, so you go from mentoring and then I know you start working with Eric Quadros, right? As a PC coach, which, which is a different level of mentoring, right? And, and a higher level of involvement and passion, which really I saw you guys really kind of pour into people and grow. It probably like if I had like top five highlights in my life. When Eric and I were in that program, that's probably one of the top five highlights of my life. I mean, we were like Maverick and Goose, right? I'm Maverick. Um, <laughs> but, um, we were like Maverick and Goose, man. And you watch the progression of the people that join and they're new. And the next thing you see them in the Million Dollar Club. The next thing you see them in the Million Dollar Club again the following month. Then the next thing they're building teams. Then they've got a five-person team, a three-person team. They become the top agents in the office, man. And you can just sit back and, and just love every second of that. And seeing that like just a little tweak or just a little bit of pouring a little bit into somebody and now their entire life has changed. Just like Steve changed my life back then when I came to him with those angry tears in my eyes, not sad tears, angry tears. I mean, and you, you lived through a horrific, horrific experience right? But you didn't let it take you down, right? And honestly, showing up with your things in a box may have been one of the best things that ever happened to you. So let me just clarify what you said. I didn't live through those horrific experiences. Those horrific experiences lived through me. Okay. I, I tackled them head on. Everything I've been through has to go through me. Those challenges don't face me. Don't, I don't face those challenges. They face me is the way I look at it all the time. The heart surgeries, the eye surgeries, my son having Marfan syndrome, I, I, I run toward those things. You're right. And you always have it. And we've had those conversations and, you know, you know. We, we do, right? And, and we'll touch on that, right? Because that's, again, continues to, I don't want to say define you are, but it's a motivating factor that, that you won't be held down or held back, right? And okay. your family is still at the forefront of who you are, right? Your family's expanding, right? You have more kids, right? You got a family, but now you've got additional family through work, right? Because you're so emotionally invested in those people too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I feel like, you know, the challenges with my son, for those that, you know, don't know, he, he has what's called Marfan syndrome. And it's a connective tissue disorder that he was born with. And when he was five, we had his lenses removed and it affects the heart. The, the, the joint, the connective tissue, the joints. And so his eyes would dislocate. The lenses would dislocate and float around. So sometimes he could see, sometimes he couldn't cause massive headaches. So we took that out. Uh, I'm a single parent. His mother, you know, uh, decided that she couldn't handle that and left us uh, to kind of, you know, handle it ourselves. And, and instead of, you know, 
oh, I, well, always me. I just kind of run to the challenge. Like I just kind of man up and face it. And that's how I've always been. Yes, you have. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause for a second. Everybody, I think a uh, place of thought. I think it's important because that, ex that experience, right? The experience with the signing. Yes, I did a quick change for everybody because this is something that's important for Drew. It's important for me, right? To be built different. But those experiences, like I've watched, so you started off by saying, hey, you want in these offices and said, I need help. Fast forward a handful of years now where you really, really need help, right? And your family needs help. But you acted differently, didn't you? I did. Instead of looking for help, you took action. I did. Um, I, I knew that with the uh, health insurance that my son had, that he was going to have a, a hefty bill after the surgery. And instead of, you know, there's, there's places that offer assistance or, you know, I'm a Keller Williams agent and a team leader. So we have KW cares, which would, apply for a grant to pay for his surgery, but I just used it as motivation. And I doubled my lead gen efforts, tripled my lead generation efforts, and I paid off his surgery cash to Fairfax Cardiology Center, right? Three, three weeks after, uh, before they sent the bill, I went up there and got the bill and, and paid it because I didn't want him to take that debt into his, after he became a man into his you know 18 plus years. I, I remember that happening. And I remember having conversations around the options, right? And you were just so unwavering about the whole thing. You're like, nope, this is happening. I'm making it work. I'm going to knock this out of the park and I'm going to pay this thing off. And I, I was astounded. I was astounded by the mindset. I was astounded by the action. I was astounded by the termination. And what that set an example, not just for your family and your children, but for those that are around you, it's not lost. No, nope. And I know the number, Dave, and I, I will take it to my grave at $67,485.85. And I will take that with me as an accomplishment. And my son is healthy now. He's a normal teenager. Uh, I just, I, I, I couldn't be more proud of him. Right. And just being able to give something like that to him, the gift of no debt or the gift of even having a normal life now was important to me. And I didn't and maybe I should have I could have asked for help, but I could also turn that around and use that fire to push me to be better. And again, give it out in slices, get it back in loaves. The amount of people that I helped during that while I made that money also make more money or find their dream home. So it really just trickles down to everyone. And while all this is going on, right? You had that going on. We were, we're stepping into the COVID years, right? So there was all kinds of uncertainty. But at the same time, you're not just doing that. You're not just helping others, right? There's a story. I'm going to let you tell it. But I know what's going on in your world. And then I find out about you doing a fundraiser for a guy that you met in line that that you just identified a need. Would you share that? I mean, would you, do you mind? Uh, yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, Mr. Rodriguez and his family. Um, during COVID, I bumped into this family. Uh, I don't want to say where. That's okay. Uh, I have, so I have a client 
who I helped buy a small condo and she runs uh, the school lunch program for a certain city. And she calls me, she knows I help people. And she calls me and she says, I think there's a family living in a van. They come get the lunch during COVID. They still, the school system still provided lunch to people on a, they could pick it up on a weekly basis. Here's the thing. I, again, living in Northern Virginia too, had no idea. I felt in completely ignorant to the fact of how many people were reliant on school food programs during the day. I found that out too. Um, so yes, that it, I, I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. So she, I went down there to where she said what time he comes usually. And so I went down there and I met him and I pulled our offices together to get some donations. I think I got about, oh man, probably $450 in Target gift cards, uh, like two grand in cash. And then at, that was just like the first day. And so uh, I go down there to meet him and I say, hey, listen, you know, I don't know if you're living in this van or not. He doesn't want to talk to me. He's embarrassed. Uh, but I finally, he warms up to me. I give him the gift cards. I take him to get a hotel because it was freezing. So we got, got him a hotel on Route 1 in Alexandria for a week. And we kind of became friends and I just helped him find a job. And now he's, he's doing really well. They don't live in that van anymore. Right. And you just did these things because they needed to be done, right? Well, I, I have a weird imagination. And so after I talked to him, I could imagine me and my kids living in a van. And I could envision how bad that would be. And my kids are gigantic, so it would be terrible in the first place. <laughs> six, seven and six, six, there'd be nowhere for me. So like, I just, I envisioned what, what if that could be me? And so I just helped the guy. I helped him get a suit for a job interview. He got a job, uh, you know, we don't talk as much anymore, but I know he's doing well and I know they have an apartment. Sure, that's amazing. Uh, I don't no, know. no, please just accept that it is because I don't know what the numbers would be, but not enough people would do that. I don't know if I would have done that, right? I, and I think I'm like something, I don't know if I had taken it that far. So it is amazing. And, and that kind of impact, and that's why we wanted to talk to you, right? That's the impact we're talking about. We're not talking about sales recognition. We're not saying right. you've had those things. And I'm going to, you know, you've got some awards on the shelf there. And there's one more in particular that I want to highlight, right? You're the culture ambassador, right? Yeah. And for those of you that aren't with Kelly Williams that are listening to the show, that that's a big deal, right? So you were nominated as cultural ambassador for the region, right? And this was actually pre-existed that. Oh yeah, this was experience, right? And and you got to be recognized and on stage for things we can't even get into today. Like of all the things that you've done in your life, to set an example, share with everybody what that experience of of what that meant to you, because that is a worthy, braggadocious, recognizable event. And I was there and got to see you on stage with Mo Anderson, and that was very very cool. So another top five event in the life of Drew. <laughs> uh, but what made that more important to me was that I never posted or told many people what I was doing behind the scenes, but the people in my life and in my office knew 
and recognized it enough to be nominated, right? Like you're not going to see a selfie of me at the backpack drive or the, a selfie of me feeding the homeless guy that's on the corner by our office. I'm not going to do that. And for my office and ALC to nominate me because they recognize that I was doing those things and not, I didn't tell anyone, that meant more to me than most of it right? The people notice. And maybe if someone saw me doing it, maybe they'd do the same thing, right? And you, you know, 1% better each day, right? And if somebody saw me helping someone, maybe they'd say, man, Drew's out there with the guy that lives at the bus stop, giving them the leftover pancakes from the team rally, right? Maybe when they saw a homeless person, they would do something similar. And that's the only reason I really did it. And then for my team leader, to know everything that I had, that I would do for charity and for Marfan syndrome, for homeless and uh, for backpack drive, for her to know all that, that was very important. Like that was special to me that the fact that she paid that much attention and then to be nominated and to win and to get to go to Texas and to be recognized for doing something we all should do anyway. Like that was huge for me. That meant, that meant the world. That's why that sash is there. It never leaves unless I have to wear it somewhere. Right, because that, I mean, you're a cultural ambassador for life. Lifetime appointment, baby. And we, those that know Drew, know that you didn't need that to set you on the path, right? So that was just a, a deserved recognition. And it's just another one of those moments for you that will keep you driving where you're going. Oh, for sure. But I will say my road rage cut by 90% since I became a cultural <laughs> ambassador. <laughs> no, no, no yelling at people now because, you know, live up to most standards. Well, you know, once you've been kissed on the cheek by Mo, it changes you forever. I still haven't washed this cheek since 2019, baby. Still there. I put saran wrap on it. And that's what I love. Your humility is never ending, right? We can joke and we can have friends, but who you are is infectious. Well, I hope that it is. And I hope that anyone listening or anyone in my circle knows that, you know, again, give it out in slices, you get it back in loaves. You know, and I, that's how, that's my life motto. As we kind of wrap up uh, this, this week's episode, I, I do want to dive into what you're doing now, right? You're a team leader, right? You're growing a market center. So everything that you've prepared for is to be for this role, right? And now, be the Steve, right, for a market center, right? Things have come full circle for you now. It's, it's amazing because I can still remember, I told you at that fourth, that fourth settlement, I was sitting there and I was like, one day I'm going to be able to do for people what Steve did for me. And now uh, I get to do it every day. And one of the things that I love, right, remember like the night before Christmas when you were a kid? Remember that feeling? Yeah, I have that feeling every day when I'm driving to work, right? I'm about to open some gifts. Now, they're not my gifts anymore. They're going to be gifts for somebody else. But I have that feeling every day I'm driving here. It's like Christmas. I'm running downstairs, man. And I know that my dad ate the cookies that my mom left out. And they're trying to trick me that Santa's here, right? Like, I live that every day. Sounds and like the kitchen at the real estate office with all those cookies and cakes. And yeah. Yeah, there's lunch and food. They're always bringing food in here. I wish Santa would eat all of that. Starting to get to the waistline here. But no, that's how I feel every day. Knowing that I'm going to go in here and, and if I just get to help one person in my office do better, then uh, mission accomplished. And, and I get to open my gifts. 
And, and the cool thing from that is that you mentioned the people from the PC program and I know who they are and I've seen what they've done. And now working with the associates and now what is your market center, right? And seeing what they're doing and how they're learning from Drew and taking those learned lessons. And that's what I love about this podcast is that we're not talking about production. We're talking about life lessons. We're talking about the impact that they're doing externally for their families, for those families, for just people all around you. And it, it's just been all paid forward from the good and bad experiences that you've gone through and you've been able to compartmentalize the good things and make change. And I thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. And those bad experiences go, have gone through Drew. Yeah. Drew doesn't go through those bad experiences. They had to fight me and they didn't win. Lou, let me ask you this. So, so what's next, right? What's next for Drew? Um, you know, that's a good question. Sometimes I ask myself that. Uh, right now, uh, I'm going to be the, the number one team leader in my area. Uh, I'm going to make sure that I continue to pour into people, and I'd love to see uh, the new agents, well, the agents that I've coached as when I was the, the PC here, uh, continue to be my top 20%, and I can't wait to build an ALC around them and, and see where the future takes this place. And I imagine those people that you impacted, like they will be future team leaders as well. Yeah. You started us off and and we'll kind of close it with this as, you know, remember the Titans, right. And those experiences through football. And we talk about football and coaches and coaching trees, but you think of the leadership trees in running a market center, right. You are now part of the Steve Gaskins tree, but at some point in time, there will be others that will be part of the Drew Swirsky's. Uh, tree yeah that's awesome yeah and you know i i know i i always butcher this that quote from gary about uh measuring your leadership on how many leaders you create i know he says it way better than me he says things better than most people so we'll we'll, we'll give you credit yeah 100 but you know i I got the bones of it right as long as i know the bones so about the, the amount of leaders i create no. Drew, I appreciate your time today. I thank you for sharing with us. I, and I appreciate all that I've learned from you and that you continue to do. And I, I love working alongside with you. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon, okay? Thanks, brother. It's been great. Thanks for having me.